Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Well, my man, Mike Michalowicz, is one of my favorite thinkers on entrepreneurship. You probably have heard of his book, Profit First. He's the bestselling author of that book. It's got thousands of reviews on Amazon. It's very popular among the entire entrepreneurship community. He also has written several other books, Clockwork, Fix This Next. And he's got a new book coming out in September of 2021. It's called Get Different, which is what we're going to talk about. But by age 35, Mike had founded and sold two different companies, one to private equity, another to Fortune 500. He's a former small business columnist for the Wall Street Journal. He was a makeover specialist on MSNBC. And you know he travels the world speaking to entrepreneurs. He is a speaker. He's on stages. We've met each other, gotten to know each other a little bit over the years. And I just think he is one of the most influential thinkers and thought leaders in the space of entrepreneurship. So Mike McCallowitz, welcome to the show, man. McCallowitz is in the house. Thanks for yes. having me. Yes. Yeah. So get different. This is the newest. You've got a nice building brand, like a very consistent just body of work that you have done, which I love. So what's get different? Why the need for this book? Yeah. Why now? What I want to do is boil down what the essence of effective marketing is. And the reason is most small businesses are highly ineffective at marketing. Actually, that's you know, the whole reason your business exists is because so many people, we can't do it on our own. But what's interesting is, uh, you know, this is kind of pre-COVID with all the traveling that's going on. It's starting to come back, but nothing like it was in 2019. Yeah. Is that when I go to events, I just ask people by show of hands, like an informal survey, what is your number one source of lead generation, you know, marketing cash, uh, lead flow? Interesting. And I would say, raise your hand if this is the number one source, uh, word of mouth. And like 90% of the hands go up. Like, like the whole survey is done with the first question. Huh. I realized that most businesses are dependent upon their clients to do the marketing for them. It's a blessing if your client wants to refer you business, it shows that they trust in your service. They think of you to a high enough degree to refer you. But at the right. same point, that means you're at the whim of the customer to market for you. And so I said, well, what's the consequence to this? And consistently, it's these pendulum swings of too much opportunity for me to handle. And therefore we stopped doing service effectively, or we fumbled the sales process and we actually disappoint people even in marketing and sales before they do business with us. And then the flip-flop side is no opportunity. We're panicked. We have to start cutting costs. And it's this kind of maniacal bipolar existence for business. So I wrote at different, I spent 10 years working on this in the research phases, extrapolating knowledge and stuff, but really in the last three years, actively writing the formula and testing it and then writing the book. And what it boils down to is, A, we have responsibility to market. Like you, I, we, the listeners, if we have a offering that is of service to our clients, if our offering is better than the alternatives they're considering, competition, 
doing it themselves. If what we offer is better, we have a responsibility to market because if, if they don't discover us, that's going to be the client's problem, but it's, it's admittedly our fault for not exposing our brand. So the first component is, is like, wow, people are afraid to market because we think it's invasive. Right. And the reframing is you must market because it's the only way to be of service. Then I go through the elements of effective marketing. And there's, there's these three key elements that if you miss any single one, your marketing is going to fumble. So that, that's what the book's about. I love it. So maybe we'll dance into some of those three things. But the first thing is, you know, word of mouth isn't predictable. It's not scalable. It's not controllable. There's not a button that you can push or a lever that you can pull that says, bring me more clients. Right. And if you don't have that, like if you don't have that one button or that one lever, I feel that's a pretty freaking scary place to operate. And you're saying you think that, I mean, you think most businesses like the massive majority, the large majority, most, some, all, like how many people you think are living in that world? Yeah. So I'll give you the shocking observation, but I'll give you a back of the numbers. So the massive majority are highly ineffective at marketing, meaning they're not doing any marketing whatsoever besides getting a referral from a customer, which is not marketing in the first place. It's just customers referring us out. Now here's the data that backs it. Over 98% of businesses are defined as small business in the US. So it's only the very few that the mega corporations, the names we recognize, the Amazons and the Facebooks of the world are truly the exception. And of those 98% of small businesses, 90% of them or thereabouts are micro enterprise, meaning they do less than a million dollars in revenue. So your company is, Rory, is the exception to most businesses. Most businesses are a handful of people. And the marketing is a kind of a shotgun or pot shot approach, reactionary. So we don't have enough leads. Oh my gosh, why aren't clients referring us? We better do some marketing. Hey, I heard someone ran, someone ran Facebook ads in our industry and had great results. Just start running Facebook ads. So we go in ill-prepared, not understanding what the marketing is or how it works. And then when it fails to succeed, we're like, oh, Facebook sucks. No, we didn't even understand the basic principles of how it functions. But more importantly, we didn't even know the basic functions of effective marketing. So it's this very kind of knee-jerk reaction, which is no marketing at all. And sadly, that's just the majority of business. Yeah. And it's like, not only is the business vulnerable, you know, certainly the revenue is vulnerable for the owner, but even the, the viability of that business. And so the job security of those people inside the business is a little, that feels pretty vulnerable. So what should small businesses be doing? Okay. So if they don't want to do that, or let's say in addition to that, right? Because you're not saying word of mouth is bad. You're not saying referrals are bad. You're just saying, oh, no, I think great. it's wonderful, but it's icing on the cake, right? Yeah. Like, what should we be doing if we're not doing that? Yeah. So if client referral is the icing, we need to be in a deliberate process. That's the cake. And what we first need to do, and we talked about this to some degree already, is see that marketing is not a burden. It's not to the client or prospect you're targeting. It's not offensive. Marketing will either be ignored because it's irrelevant or not seen. In fact, in most cases, it's just not even seen. And then we've all been there. Like, I, I need, you know, I'm so hungry. I need something to eat right now. I oh, gosh, and I'm driving down the highway going back to visit my alma mater. Thank God for those marketing signs that say, you know, restaurant or diner this way. And that's marketing because it's satisfying a need I have. If those signs didn't exist, I wouldn't find the restaurants. I wouldn't know where they are. Thank God for GPSs. Maybe I can find it that way. So marketing satisfies a need. 
And so we have to realize that marketing is a necessity, a responsibility that we also have because it serves clients. But then to market effectively, we have to go into these three elements that, that I explain in the book. The first one is, the acronym is called DAD, D-A-D. And the first one stands for differentiate. Marketing doesn't get noticed when it's the same as everyone else's. So you have to do something that is unique for your target audience. So for example, if my community of readers all get emails from other authors all saying, you know, read my next book, well, my message gets blurred into that. So I have to find a way to differentiate to get noticed. And why is this so important is the human mind is wired to ignore what we expect and already qualified as irrelevant. Classic example is, hey, friend. The first time I got, hey, friend email, Rory, I was like, who is this friend? Like, you know, it's probably five, six years ago. I'm like, hey, friend. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a friend call me friend. Like, which friend is this friendly friend? Like, I totally went down that path. <laughs> and as I was reading it, then I'm like, oh, this is not a real friend. This is a marketing message that's totally not applicable to me. Well, the next hey friend that came in a day or a week later, I was like, hey friend, last time was a marketing message. Should I read this? This one's a marketing message. The third one, everyone since the tens of thousands that got sent to me or hundreds, I don't know what it is. I've never looked at one again because it's habituated. Habituation is where our mind is designed to inefficiently ignore stuff that is irrelevant. And if you market in a common method that everyone else uses, you're deemed irrelevant because it's already known to be irrelevant. So stage one is do something different. Don't confuse different with outrageous. I'm not saying you got to wear a Bozo the Clown costume with those big floppy shoes and, you know, waka waka lapel and, and tell people to do business with you. That will get noticed, but it may not pass some other tests. Just what is uncommon in your industry, maybe you can take something from another industry, introduce it to your clients, and that'll be enough to awaken them. It's like if you and, you and I were outside in your yard behind you there and something squiggled on the ground, if it's unexpected, we will take notice of it because we have to qualify it as a threat or opportunity. Yes. It's kind of the concept of a pattern interrupt. Yeah, yes. That's exactly what it is. So our mind, there's a thing called the reticular formation. There's a thing called a reticular activating system that some people are familiar with, but reticular formation is this neural web. It sits with the brainstem. Its job is to ignore 99.999. It goes on for a long time percent of the stimulus around us. And right now, Rory, if you look around the desk you're at, I look around mine, there's stuff that could just draw our attention and go on for hours and hours. I just picked up this blue pen. I could look at this and say, why blue? First of all, who invented the word blue? Blue. You know, why does that rhyme with two? And who invented the word? And, you know, it just goes on and on. Like it could just be endless consideration. But our minds are wired to ignore all the stimulus so that we can pay attention and gain value, hopefully, wow. of the dialogue we're having. So differentiate breaks the pattern and it works. But here's the deal. It works for one-tenth of a second. So right. I call this the blink test. Like if you do a deliberate blink now as fast as you can, like your fastest blink ever, that's still slower than how much consideration we put into something. Meaning at subconscious level, our mind can evaluate, is something worth considering further or can it be flushed out in less than one-tenth of a second? So differentiate gives you this one-tenth of a second window that gets you to the next part of our brain, which is the prefrontal cortex where conscious thought happens. And this part of our brain, the mind then says, okay, you know, this got prioritized as something to consider that squiggly snake in the grass. Now I'm looking down at it and I'm consciously considering this. Is this a snake? Did someone turn the hose on? It's kind of flapping around. What, you know, what is this? 
our brain is looking for three things, threat, opportunity, or ignorable. If it's a threat, we'll go into fight or flight or freeze. There's other things, but we'll, we'll basically combat it. So you don't want your marketing to be a threat. I could sell you, send you a mailing piece and say, you know, direct mail works so effectively when you put white powder in it, everyone pays attention. Yes, yes, everyone pays attention to the white powder coming out of the envelope, but it is a threat. I will go to jail. You know, you will call 911. You will never want to receive or open that message I sent. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. The next thing we go through is this an opportunity. So by the way, on this one, so, you know, like I was always confused because I heard people say stuff like the first thing that people look at when you meet them is your hands. And so, you know, I heard someone say like, oh, that's a reason why you should have, you know, get manicures or like, and then I realized I learned later that it's like, no, they're not inspecting your hands. Like, are they lotioned? They're looking to see if you're carrying a weapon. Like when people say that, that's what they mean is your brain is instantly calculating. Like, is there a threat? But even that it's almost like even a threat would be better than being ignorable. Like if you're doing the same marketing as everyone else you don't even get that consideration. Like you don't even make it to level two without the pattern interrupt. That's correct. That's correct. A threat though causes problems down the marketing chain. Yeah. But you're right. It, it guarantees attention. Like if you and I have a meeting and I say, Rory, we got to have a serious conversation here. And I plop down a gun. We're going to have a serious conversation. The thing is though, you're going to punch me in the nose the second you get a chance and take that gun away from me. So it causes conflict. The ignorable is a real risk. Like if we don't see it, but once we get the attention of the prospect, if it's not a threat, they will then say, is there an opportunity? And an opportunity is, is there's something that delivers value to me. By the way, is that the A, is this attention? The D is differentiation? Is this- Yeah, is and then the, the next one's called attraction. Oh, okay. Yeah. So d- differentiate is stage one and it gets to the prefrontal cortex and the prefrontal cortex says, is this a threat? Run. Is it, Got it. an opportunity? Consider. Or is it ignorable? And then it just it qualifies it or it puts in a catalog to ignore in the future. If you get the opportunity at the differentiate level, you get forwarded on to the next step, which is attraction. Once I say, hey, Rory, I have someone that you got to meet. Whatever, I get your attention. I got, I got someone you got to meet. Now I've positioned yourself for attraction. Attraction is where we go through the qualification process. Like, well, tell me about this person and why is this an opportunity? Our mind is now going into incremental segments of should I continue this conversation? Is there continuing value to me? And yes, it plays out at multiple levels. You know, we have a rapport. If I say someone you should meet and that person's of no value to you, since we have rapport, you may want to maintain that so we can maintain rapport. But the primary level is, are you going to derive direct benefit? And when I'm marketing, I have to show that very quickly. A direct benefit could be solving a problem. It could be entertaining you in some capacity. It could be arming you for the future, education. It could be just a curiosity factor where you're, you keep people engaged in something as they learn more, as you kind of drip it out. The key to attraction is it happens in these millisecond increments also. So we're, we're looking to constantly 
stay engaged or dump out. And so our job during the attraction phase of our marketing is to keep people engaged. The thing is, the longer you try to maintain attraction, the less compelling it is to stay. And therefore, people over time, if it's not building a compelling argument, people are going to drop out. So be concise and grow the compelling nature of it. So if it's going to be long, make sure that keeps on building more and more interest engagement, not dwaning, but growing. And then the final phase of effective marketing is the direct phase. So we differentiate to get attention, attract for engagement, and then direct to compel the audience to take a specific action. Our mutual friend, Don Miller says, you know, if you confuse, you lose. And most people just kind of leave their clients or prospects in ambiguity. It's like, what do I do? I guess nothing. And they fade away. So here's where we give them a specific action to take. But the key for this is it needs to be reasonable. So say you're in the market for a car and I'm the sales guy and you come in and I'm like, hey, Rory, nice to meet you. Give me $100,000 now. I'll start searching for your dream car and whatever the difference is, I'll refund it to you. You'd be like, no. But what could happen is if you come to the showroom and I say, hey, Rory, would you be willing to give me your cell number? I will then text you pictures of the cars in our inventory as we discover the cars to see if they match up with what you want. And we find one and we can take the next step together. That may be much more reasonable action and I have permission to market to you. So the direct stage for me, the person trying to do the sale I want to move you or matriculate you as fast as I can toward the ultimate transaction by the car. And I need to balance it with you feeling safe at every step of the way. So that's the three elements. I love that. You said that last line is you said, I want to move you as fast as I can towards the transaction, but I need to be able to balance that. You said an interesting phrase. You said with you feeling safe. Yeah. Why did you say that? Yeah, because threat is the trigger for avoidance or conflict. And so you'll see every step of this, if threat presents itself, transaction's over. So if I differentiate because I walk into the room with a gun, you'll notice, but the transaction's over. It's about survival. During the attract phase, I am putting threatening messages out there. If you don't do this, I'm going to destroy you. Now I'm in a combative situation. At the very end, as I'm trying to direct you to take action, the second you feel threat, you know, you're out. We're like any other herd animal. The second that the uh, antelope sniffs a hunter, it's bolting. So I need to make sure that I'm moving you in reasonable steps. It's kind of the Goldilocks parge. It needs to be just right. That you feel safe and comfortable taking that next step together. That there's trust building in these different interim transactions before the ultimate transaction. But also I need to do as quickly as possible. If I move so slowly, we may never get to the transaction. You may be engaged in another marketing campaign or sales campaign that's moving you to a transaction much faster and I lose out. So I want to move you expeditiously to get to the transaction, but also reasonably so that you maintain a comfort level throughout. I love it, y'all. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, these are so sharp and concise and understanding, you know, what I love about what you're doing here, Mike, is this book, Get Different, is connecting the neuroscience of the brain into marketing strategy and the and the fundamentals of marketing. So this has been so powerful. I think there are at least three ideas here that are going to stick with me for the long term. Where do you want people to go if they want to get a copy of the book or keep up with you and all, all the things you're up to? Yeah, I invite people to go to one place, singular direct, right? Go to gogetdifferent.com. And the reason I invite people to go to that site is uh, if you want to get the book, there's ways to get it through that site all major retailers and so forth. But more importantly, 
there's a resource link there that has all these different case studies. So we ran hundreds of companies through this and we came up with these case studies, some that you can apply immediately in your own business, out of the box marketing that is different, attractive and gets results. And case studies where you can just see how another company went through and the experience of implementing a campaign like this. So it's gogetdifferent.com. We will put links to that, gogetdifferent.com. I like the dad method. I like the dad model because I'm dadding. That's the stage of my life. Yeah, you're a dad, in. yeah. So we actually have a saying at the end, any marketing you look at, simply ask yourself, does dad approve? Which in certain <laughs> contexts, is a little bit creepy when you're older, but you know, if, if dad doesn't approve, we ain't doing it. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Well, thanks for sharing your time and your wisdom and your insights. So sharp. I know we'll see you again soon and we wish you the best. Thank you, brother. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free lifetime access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we will get you set up with free lifetime access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation.